just before uh, Andrew comes and brings a word to us, I just want to show you something. I just really, I, when when we were praying, I saw Bobby Connor um, walking up this side of the church because he was here uh, a few years ago. He was here and he walked up, and uh, as he was walking up, he suddenly spun round, and then he looked up like that, and he said, "This house will be known as a house of miracles." And you know, I believe Bobby Connor to be a prophet. I mean, we, we label that word out just so liberally, you know, prophet this, prophet that. But I've, I've only met three true prophets. True prophets, I've only met them. Bobby Connor being one. So I hang on to that word and I pray that word in because this house will be known as the House of Miracles. Yeah, we've got an oil that's been sent to us. And I've been praying, Lord, what do you want to be doing with that oil? This is what I feel that the Lord is telling me to do it. He, is, he wants to heal us. He wants healing in this house. So um, I'm still trying to see a lady who's got cancer. I'm going to ask her permission. She's not born again. But I'm going to anoint her with the oil the Lord is, that, that, that was being sent to us. But how many people received some oil last week? This week, Okay. Can I suggest that we bring some of it here? Because I believe that God, I believe as we pour it out, that he will pour it back in to the jar. And that's what we should be praying. Uh, Because it says, you know, in in Timothy says, you know, if any of you are ill or sick, call the elders to anoint you with oil. In James, sorry, James. To anoint your head with oil or anoint you with oil. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to follow the word of God. But I want to show you something. And then I'm going to ask Andrew to come up and preach. Is that all right? Um, Talking from out of Luke, where this has got to be our prayer. This has got to be our prayer. Because, yes, we can go out in our own strength, and it's good to do it, and to go on the streets, and that's fantastic, and all the rest. But this is what I'm praying. This is my prayer. I've, I've gone to nations, and I've seen the working of God in miracles, signs, and wonders. But it gave, me, it gave me a hunger to know the miracle worker more than the miracles. And so Heidi and I laid that all down, you know, seeing people blind, seeing the deaf hearing, the cripples walking, cancer literally disappearing. And I know Yusef, this is in his heart to see this sort of thing going around this nation. How many people want to see that? We all want to, can, I, can I ask you to really seek the Lord and to fast over this next week? In whatever area the Lord is calling you to fast. Um, but Jesus, in chapter 3 of Luke, the Holy Spirit came on him as he was being baptized in a bodily form. Yes? So would we say that Jesus was filled with the same Spirit that raised him from the dead? Yes. Absolutely. But if you go further on, it says in chapter 4 of Luke, chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Yes? So can we say now that the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus at his baptism, and that now Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes. Just come a little bit further. Going to a little bit further. 
to verse 14. This is what I'm praying for. This is what it's about for me. It says, this is at the end of the time of 40 days where Jesus has fasted. He has been tempted by the devil three times. And they were tests for Jesus, not for us. They were his tests that he has to pass. To prove to the Father that he could be entrusted. That's what the testing was. Because in Luke chapter 4, verse 14, when Jesus is then, we'll go back to 13. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from Jesus until an opportune time. In chapter, verse 14, it says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. So there is a filling of the Holy Spirit, but now he is returning with the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what I want. I don't want it to be Andy Tiplady. I want the power of God to work through me with power and authority because this is the power of the age to come because there is going to be a counterfeit of two spirits that mature at the same time. The devil, through the, the false prophet, are going to do signs and wonders. But you know what? The world is going to see the true sign and wonder. And his name is Jesus, working through a body of people that can be entrusted with his power and his authority. Does that make sense? This is what I'm praying. So that when we go out in the streets, it's not through our might and power, but it's through the Spirit, his might and his power that will raise the dead. My prayer is, Lord, show me what I can do to raise this young man out of a coffin. If he's done it once, he can do it again. Why not? Why can't we go to these coffins and say in the name of Jesus, get up out of your sleep and then preach the good news? So I'm praying, Lord, show me. Show me if that's your will. Show me if that's what you want me to do. Show me. Hasn't that got to be it? So, Father, I pray now as Andrew comes and brings us the word, I pray, Lord, will you put it into our hearts that as this week goes by, that, Lord, that you can absolutely saturate us with the fire of the Holy Spirit, with power and might and authority, that, Lord, that you will entrust us not to abuse this or to misuse it, but, Lord, to show them that you are worthy to be honored. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be blessed. You are worthy in this land to say that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords and that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that in this land. But, Lord, I pray now, let the miracles break out in this place to prove that you're God to a world that denies you are God. And Lord, you will have a body of people that have just poured out themselves so that you can pour out through them. Lord, do it in this place. 
I pray, do it in this place. Lord, not for us to look good, but for you to be lifted up. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for Andrew as he comes and brings the word. Lord, give us a a ready word, a timely word, a word of encouragement, a word that will bring us into a deeper knowledge and understanding of you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Good morning, everyone. Well, good afternoon now. I want to share today um, something that I've seen in the last couple of meetings that I've been with you guys. So um, uh, last week, as well as also uh, we went down to London. So there was a few of us that went down to London. And um, just going to very briefly describe what it was. So in the times of worship, um, in both of those occasions, I felt in my mind's eye, in the you know, imagination, spirit, the eyes of my heart, I saw that wings had come from, were sort of manifesting from either side of us as a body as we were worshipping. And I saw this, like I said, both last week as well as um, down the meeting down in, in, in London. And I could see that we, although we were obviously in a room, in a natural, I could see that we, were mo- we moved from one place to another as we, um, as we came before God in worship, as, as we moved, moved closer and closer. Um, the best way to describe it, I haven't got all the details, I was very conscious of the wings either side, but you can imagine an airplane, you know, you know, the sort of cargo area, and then you've got sort of wings coming out. There isn't the kind of, I, I couldn't see the detail of how it's all attached and how it goes, but just um, I was very conscious of this, um, you know, manifestation. And the fact that it, ha- you know, it's on two occasions, um, you know, made me feel, yeah, to share this. Um, I think ultimately what I want to be able to share, so there's some scriptures that talk about um, uh, eagle's wings in scripture, so we're going to look at those. Um, but, you know, my ultimate aim is to encourage you because, you know, it's an amazing thing to have a body of people in true worship that are, are that, 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 you know, as you see in the spirit, to see that happening too. Um, so the way I'm going to do it is to look, um, look at five passages. And the, the, what I'm going to try and, you know, emphasize is there's a passage that's a kind of like a first mention. So, and it's something that's already happened, like a past event. The next one would then be a future event, I believe. And then we're going to change, change it for the last three, where I'm going to look in terms of uh, where God manifests himself as an eagle, um, coming to us in a place of weakness, a place of strengthening, and then a final one um, is a place of going on the offensive, where you're strong and then you're making ground into the enemy. So I'm going to start with a past offense. So we're going to look at um, Exodus 19, 1 to 6. 
Some of these passages you'll, you'll, some, some will know quite well. So it's Exodus 19, uh, verses 1 to 6. 19. Exodus, Exodus. Esther, yeah, no, Exodus, Exodus. So this is the, this is the um, part where um, Moses has led the children of Israel um, out from Egypt, and they are now entering the, wil- um, the wilderness. And it says, In the third month after the sons of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that very day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. And they set out from Re- Rephidim, and they came to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness. And there Israel camped in front of the mountain. Moses went up to, the God, um, up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the sons of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now then, if you intend, if you indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you are to speak to the sons of Israel. So the first thing I want to just really emphasize is that, so for example, in verse 1, you've got, this, you've got the Lord bringing um, the children of Israel out of Israel. And, um, you know, in, and then as you go looking to verse 4, you'll see that, you know, he's, his desire is to bring deliverance. So they're in a place of, place of bondage, place of difficulty. You know, you say the world is often related to Egypt. And then he describes them being taken out on eagles' wings. Now, we know in the natural, because we've got the account, the, nat- the natural is, is that they, you know, get out of Egypt pretty quickly. So we understand that often when we talk about wings and eagles and things, it's often because of a, there's, you know, there's speed in the manner of everything. Um, but we know that they, you know, they, they left the city of Egypt and headed to, headed to the wilderness, and they were able to, um, and then they, the, you know, that's the whole thing of the, the passing of the Red Sea and everything. But there's no evidence of them being flying anywhere or anything like that. They, they walked across, you know, the sea parted and then moved off. And yet the Lord describes it as being taken on eagles' wings. So, you know, I would, I would have initially taken that to be kind of a figurative thing, you know, the Lord's thinking like this. Um, but with what I've seen, I can't, I'm going to leave it kind of, you know, I'm open to more things. I'm open to the idea that, well, in the spirit of what God was doing in order to break the bondage from Egypt and bring out a people, you know, the many things that were happening in the spirit, which means that in the in what, how God revealed himself and, you know, revealed himself to the enemy or what he needed to do to bring them out and to bring them out in a speedy manner. Um, 
can be described as God being manifested as an, as an eagle coming to take his people. And I'm going to build upon that a little bit later where we get to um, you know, people in a place of weakness, so we'll come back to that passage. But let's, I want to go to the second one, and I want to turn to Revelation 12. Some of us, you should be able to start guessing where I go with all of these as always. But yeah, I want to go to Revelation 12. I'm going to read from verse 13. So it reads like this. And when the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. But the two wings of a great eagle were given to the woman so that she could fly into the wilderness to a place where she was nourished for a time, times, and half a time from the presence of the serpent. And a serpent poured water like a river out of the mouth after the woman so that uh, she, so it might cause her to be swept away with the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and drank up the river which the dragon poured out, out of his mouth. So the dragon was enraged with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her children who keep the commandments of God and hold the testimony of Jesus. Um, I don't want to read the whole of chapter 12, but just to explain where we are in this. So I believe this to be a future event. Um, uh, and um, just to explain, when we say that the dragon is now finding himself on the earth, well, at the moment, and it's described earlier in, in chapter 12, he's set, he is booted out of heaven, basically. There is no more room for him. So one of the things for us that we're called to do is to, is to be continuously bringing light in from, from God, God's heavens above that invades, completely invades his domain so there is no further domain for him, and then he's out of heaven. And... Um, and we get, we, we're describing a situation where that finally happens. And, um, and in verse um, 14, you can see that then a woman is, as a woman who we understand to be a body of people that follow God in a really true way. I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily the whole church because of what, what, what we see in, an, in another part, but... Um, is a body of people, um, and she has got a place for um, prepared for her for in the wilderness for three and a half years. So we're talking about a final defined period of time at the at the end of the age. And and you can see that when the um, you know dragon tried to attempt to do to take this woman, um, you know deliverance was given to her in a number of different ways. And that enrages him. He was already, throughout the, if you read the whole of chapter 12, you can see that he's continuously pursuing her in all sorts of ways and, her, and various offspring of her. Um, but you can see that the dragon now is just absolutely fuming when he gets to the, this last part um, of, of these bits of deliverance. And then for three and a half years... Um, he is raging about the world. And, you know, we, that's described in a number of places in the Bible. Um, you know, 
just to, just to go through the sort of elements of persecution that this dragon has. So, you know, again, in, pre, in chapter 12, it describes the dragon as Satan. Um, Satan and his accomplices. Um, and he, in his third chapter, verse 13, he talks about him, you know, pursuing the woman or persecuting her initially. But in, thir- in, and then in, in verse 15, he then tries to uh, pour water out of his mouth. Now, I don't, we, haven't, we can't really go there at the moment, um, but I just want to give you a bit of the background. Um, so that's one of his attempts to try and consume the woman, but it fails. And in the final part, in verse 17, you can see that his persecution, his attempt to try and destroy the people of God, moves away from the woman because he can't get hold of her and goes after the rest of our offspring. Um, who are, you know, they say, you know, it says, who hold to the testimony of Jesus and the word of God. So they're good people. But I want to focus on the deliverance aspect. So in verse 14, you see these, these wings happening. So they got, you've got these two wings that are given to her to take her away from the hands of the, of the, of the, um, of, of, of the serpent. Now again, it could be figurative. It could be that how it works out in the natural is a series of deliverance events. Or it could be, you know, that we get to a point where what I've seen in sort of hazeling in the spirit, there might be an aspect of that what we actually see when it comes to, comes to this event happening. We do not know. Um, but either way, what, what I'm trying to encourage is there is this provision that exists, yeah? And you can see, just to finish off, you know, in verse 16, not only is she then having um, given wings to be um, taken away, the, the enemy's attempt to try and still go after her, you see this rather interesting thing of the, the earth helping the woman and, and also you know, consuming the flood that, that, that the, um, the, the, you know, the water that comes out, comes out of this dragon. Again, I do not know how that really is going to manifest itself. Um, and when we say at the earth, are we talking about people, good people, um, or are we talking about creation? Maybe a bit of both. Don't know. But again, what I'm trying to emphasize is this whole provision that's here. So that's a, there's, a, there's a past example, and there is potentially, and there is, you know, in Scripture, there is a future example as well. So we can see that in God's... Uh, Economy, as it were, you know, there is this desire and expression of the wings of or wings of of eagles to, to, you know, come and save people. So I want to go back to, uh, and then go back to the sort of people of Israel in in the wilderness. I want so I want to turn to Deuteronomy thirty-two. Um, and so what I want to do is now is I've done a past and a future. And now I want to just take it in terms of steps from, uh, as I said before, coming from a place of weakness to a place of strength and beyond. So let's look at Deuteronomy 32. 
So when we're looking at um, chapter 32, this is the song of Moses. So Moses has um, spoken a lot to the Israelites. They wandered in the wilderness. They've had their, you know, the past generation has gone away. The new generation, they're ready, ready to enter the promised land. Um, but towards the end, you know, the latter chapters of Deuteronomy are, are sobering in some ways because, you know, Moses is saying, you're on, you know, you're going to inherit the promised land. Um, but I can see, you know, you will turn away. Um, but I'll, I'll restore you in the end, um, you know, later as well. So it's kind of mixed feelings at the end. And this is, and, and, it, and this is expressed also in this in this wonderful song that um, uh, Moses sings, um, but I'm not going to do the whole thing because you know it's a long one. But I want to focus on f- from verse 10 uh, through to 14. So speaking about the about the the um, people of Israel, he says in verse 10, it says, "He found him in a desert land." And in the howling waste of a wilderness, he encircled him. He cared for him. He guarded him as the pupil of his eye. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that hovers over its young, he spread out his wings and caught them. He carried them on his pinions. And the Lord alone guided him. And there was no foreign god with him. And he made him ride on the high places of the earth. And he ate the produce of the field, and he made him suck honey from the rock, and the oil from the flinty rock, curds of cows, and of milk, and of, and of the flock, with fat of lambs, and rams, and breed of bashan, and goats, with the finest wheat, and the blood of grapes, you drank wine. So, Again, we get this picture. You know, again, I'm just going to, I'm totally comfortable with it being like, you know, well, this is imagery that you law is using, but maybe it's more than that. And, um, you know, he's seen, first of all, this, you know, these, these people howling in the wilderness, you know, the sort of the, the sorry nature of, of being in um, bondage um, in Egypt. And he's, he's, as well as, I, would, I, I suspect, the whole time that they're also in, in, the, um, in the wilderness as well. You know, they're crying out many times, although he's with them. He's seen them, that, that in some ways they've seen their hearts far, crying out and getting to a point where he's brought them closer. Um, so he's seen their need as a kind of a bird hovering over you know, caring for for his young underneath, or her young, and um, you know, verse ten and eleven is talking about how he's how, how he's hearing that, how he's seeing that, he's, and he's starting to guard them and protect them, and and he wants to go on. He like then in verses eleven, twelve, and thirteen, um, he talks about you know. Um, catching them you know from from a place of of being you know in bondage and and in distress 
catching them and, and receiving them to himself um, and carrying them and guarding them to so, uh, somewhere separate and safe. See, this is massive, yeah? If, if massive when you think about the context of the last chapter that we've, we've thought about. You know, in Revelation 12, for example, if we're talking about a, a really serious time, we might think, oh, well, we're safe and fine at the moment. But, you know, imagine reading, imagine being in that time and taking heart of what the Song of Moses is saying to us here in those things. It will be absolutely massive to know that the Lord is, is over us, protecting us, bringing us through. Um, you know, and actually seeing that, seeing that he is... Um, taken from, from any place of weakness that, that we might be to a stronger position, stronger place. Because he f- then fin- finishes in the first part of 13. He says, um, he made him to ride on the high places of the earth. I would say that they haven't actually got to that place yet. So when, when um, Moses is saying this, he's, he's seen them from a, a starting place. But he's seen into the future of what they're going to be yeah um you know it's both a reflection as well as highly prophetic this song and then it goes on to talk about blessings in verse 14 and well 13 and 14 and you know we could take those as both being natural which is massive if you're in a wilderness not much food those those things of like you know, um, you can imagine that you're kind of licking your lips as it, as you as he's singing this because you know they they haven't got a, they've been provided for but you know they haven't quite got to the promised land yet where you know they talk about land of milk and honey but again um, for anyone who's in you know a position of lack to then describe thirteen and fourteen in 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 abundant manner. It is wonderful. Um, and I would say that you can also take that in a spiritual sense as well. You know, it's the fullness. We, 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 we're praying f- for healing. We want to pray for moves of God and stuff. All of this, the fact that, you know, there's, uh, when it talks about the, you know, the fat of lambs and stuff, it's like strength, you know, wine, Holy Spirit. You know, all of that, I can't, I can't unpack it all now. It's, you know, I've tried to stick to my uh, uh, focus on on the wings, but you can see all of that will be part of you know a strengthening. So as we take as he takes us out of a place of weakness and oppression, a quiet place draws into him himself. He can nourish us. He can you know he can strengthen us and bless us, and that's you know part of what what he's wanting to do. Um, in his expression as a as a as an eagle that's hovering over those he cares for massively. Um, so I want to go to the next one, and everyone will know it very well. It's Isaiah forty. Twenty-seven to thirty-one. So in twenty-seven it reads, 
Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and the justice due to uh, due me escapes the notice of my God? Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired? His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and he who lacks um, lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. So just want to Let's just focus on the sort of natural strength that um, Isaiah points out here. So in verse 30, for example, you know, he says even the sort of finest of, of us, you know, the young, you know, even them are lacking. And, um, you know, we talk about doing things in our own strength, that sort of thing. You know, it's the kind of futility of it um, that's in, in place here. Um, in verse... 27, you, you, you know, Lord, through Isaiah, is, is kind of making this charge to Israel, saying, you know, why, why is your ways hidden, you know, and, um, you know, why does justice escape, seem to escape? It's like a sense of kind of rejection and a sense of uh, injustice being put on us. And, you know... Um, you know, I would say that's quite a natural thing. If you just look, if you just have a perspective, or you know, in the natural, you know, the world is tough, you know, and if you didn't have any awareness of the Lord and His desire to to bless us, to to bring us up and strengthen us, you know, that is a natural attitude to 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 come to. And um, but obviously, Isaiah is challenging that. Um, and in, in his kind of response is in verse 28. He say, well, who are, this is who I am. I'm the everlasting God, you know, the creator of the ever ends of the earth. You know, go on. And he, and he goes on to say, well, I don't, get, I don't get tired. You know, I don't get weary. But not only that, um, not only that uh, he's, not only is that, you know, you're, you're weak and, you know, your strength wanes and I'm the everlasting God and that's it. You know, he's, he's calling us to, to, to seek him. And so in verse, first part of verse 31, talks about those who wait on the Lord. Um, and I think the, the, the range of waiting on God is is massive. You know, in what that expression means. You know, that's everything from our times alone with the Lord and making time, all the way through to our you know heartfelt worship as you know as we come together. You know, it's it. You know, it's that it's that having Him in all parts of our lives as we walk. You know, it's continuously seeking His strength. Um, to come in because, you know, we soon become the end of ourselves. And what's the promise? Well, he says in verse 29, he gives strength to the weary. 
and those who have lack, he will increase in power. And then more so in 31, they will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles and they will run and not get tired, walk and not become weary. So we're getting to that point where there's a supernatural power that's coming in as, as, we, as we wait, as we, allow, as we allow the Lord to come and take us, from a, uh, take us out of a, a place of bondage and, and oppression, you know, and an ex- our acceptance of that, and the fact that we would then see God's deliverance and delivering hand coming upon us and lifting us up and knowing and trusting in him, he can strengthen us. So it's gone, you know, I'm trying to give you the picture that, you know, there's a delivering hand and it's a cycle in some ways as well because, you know, we have to go through difficult things as well. But, you know, there's, a, there's him delivering us as an eagle and then there's the making of us as eagles as well. Yeah. You know, when we put our arms out and stuff, you know, we want to bless the Lord, but I sometimes think, well, you know, the strength of eagles' wings are coming out there as well as we put our arms out and, and so forth. And that leads fit, fittingly into the last part. And this is what... I wanted to add this in because in the so last week's meeting, one of the things I was very conscious of is that when we were worshipping for for uh, quite a bit of time, and then victory came, there was a kind of vi- there was there was a bit where, and I, you know, we were all running around and so forth. Yeah, there was breakthrough. Yes, brilliant. And what I saw was, you know, continue with the, with the um, uh, the wings. Uh, you know, seeing the wings and, and us moving to different place. What I started to see was um, a picture of us being able to descend. So we were on a high place, and we were able to descend through the clouds at, at, a, at a fast rate, essentially down onto the earth. But I sensed that we were like piercing through the darkness and the clouds. And I can, and um, I suppose it's a bit like, you know, when the Lord comes on the white horse and and so forth. He's like charging through, and like nothing is getting in the way. And so there is this, was this quite powerful and you know strong, on the offensive, taking out the enemy, um, uh, sort of picture that I was I was seeing, um, you know, last week. I didn't see that in the previous one, um, but in the you know it developed a bit on the second time that I, you know, the, the last week occasion, and so um, I found this uh, scripture in Jeremiah forty nine, which I wanted us to be in the last um, one to look at. This is Jeremiah 49. So these last couple of chapters in Jeremiah are all about prophecies to the nation, and this particular one is about um, Edom. Um, 
you know, Edom is a staunch enemy of Israel. Um, And in verse 20, so I'm going to read from verse 20 to 22, it, it reads like this. Therefore, hear the plan of the Lord which he has planned against Edom and his purposes which he has purposed against the inhabitants of Teman. Surely they will drag off even the little ones of the flock. Surely he will make their pasture desolate because of them. The earth has quaked at the noise of their downfall. There is an outcry. The noise of it has been heard at the Red Sea. Behold, he will mount up and swoop like an eagle and spread out his wings against Bozra. And the hearts of the mighty men of Edom in that day will be like the heart of a woman in labor. So obviously what... Jeremiah is describing there there's you know very much the Lord's you know describing him as um you know in uh um you know verse twenty two he will mount up and swoop like the eagle and spread out his wings against Bozra. But I would say that we partner with the Lord in that. Yeah. Whether that's in Ebden or whether that's you know, another enemy or another domain or, or our, our share in, in, in uh, taking ground for him. Here's an example, you know, it, this is something he wants us to do, if you know what I mean. It's not so that we can, you know, come to a safe place and then rest. It's not that we then are strengthened, you know, we're not that we're blessed and then we just, you know, get fat off the land as it were. It's not that we just, um, you know, get strong and then go, well, you know, here you go, I'm, I'm restored, as it were, and now I can relax. No, there is a, there's a strengthening and a blessing and a, and a, and a um, uh, you know, everything that's needed and equipping so that, so that there is then an offensive and a taking of ground, which is what the Lord, you know, this is the Lord's plans, um, and you can see that it has... You know, when we're partnering the Lord, its effect is 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 amazing. You know, he, he describes things like, um, you know, there's a there's an outcry, um, there's, you know, the hearts of these mighty men fail. You know, we're talking if we're talking in sort of spirit spirit. You know, if our fight is with, you know, the enemy, you know, amazing to think that Satan and his friends, you know, their hearts fail as a result of what what we're doing partnering with the Lord. Um, and it talks about you know the de- the devastation being complete. You know, even the little ones. You know, even the small ones that might get away. You know, it's a complete, it's a complete taking of ground. Um, so, just to conclude, really, you know. What he's done already, he's going to do again. Because we can see that in Scripture. Yeah? We can see that. We can see that how it works out in the natural, how it works in the spiritual, I don't know. But, you know, we're called to have 
We're called to see beyond, yeah? See beyond the natural. See how the Lord is really working. And, you know, it's been a pleasure really for me to share this because, you know, I saw, I saw it on a couple of occasions. And so, you know, I can't, I can't imagine you seeing it as not encouraging, if you know what I mean. So, um, you know, the fact that we are a body of people and he's wanting to express that manifestation around us and, you know, what the intent is about it, which I've hopefully I've tried to unpack today, um, you know, that should spur us on. So bless you. Amen.